Coming to you live from Browns headquarters in Berea, Ohio. This is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Brought to you by Jack, the official entertainment partner of the Cleveland Browns. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo Bishop. He is the Z, which stands for Zagura. How you doing, Z? I'm doing great. I mean, after yesterday and somebody on the internet blessed us with a picture of, of primetime college gibbe, I mean, how could I be anything but great? So tell the people what happened for those who aren't on the Twitter. Uh, we were tweet. When did we get tweeted this? This was in the this middle of late. That was evening. late last night. Yeah, late last evening. night. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think I got it right before I went to sleep. I saw it. It was like the last thing, one of the last things I checked. Um, and I just see this image of a freshman gibbe just ready to take on the world at BG and just dominate the likes of which we've never seen a gibbe dominate. I mean, he just, he's so, he's thin, he's, he's svelte, he looks exactly like you would want a, a, you know, a leader of the free world to look, frankly. That's right. I mean, it looks like this is, we're talking a Casanova of, of epic proportions, uh, um, a man who really had no limits in front of him, no boundaries at all to what could be accomplished by the great Gibbe. Yep. Yep, and then a, then went ahead and did it. Went ahead and dominated and lived the type of fantastic life that he's currently living. Yeah, uh, we've it's got great. A, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but happy birthday to Miss K. Happy Thank birthday you. to Miss K today. Yeah, that's very nice, isn't it? So you you're you're in the you're in the we're the quarantine Miss K birthday, but I'm sure you'll do nice things for her today. That's in knowing you in any way that I do. Of course, of course, we've already gotten the. Uh, an exchanging of some gifts which was certainly a great a glorious fun time and now we're you know getting ready it's it's sad you know because you know birthdays you like to celebrate with people you like to have a social aspect to a a festive birthday and unfortunately given the state of the world and everything that's not going to be possible so you know we're just we're making the best of it we're making the best of it yeah we have um we have my birthday and the and our anniversary coming up in the next week um, so they'll both be – all plans were, are, were shot on those fronts by this. Small price to pay, of course, to, to get this thing right. Um, I, a, two, one thing I want to discuss with you seriously, and then one thing I want to discuss with you frivolously, which yeah. would you like to do first? Let's go. Let's, get, let's go frivolous right away. Frivolous first, and then we'll get to the real details of the day. Yeah. I watched three episodes of Tiger King Guy. <clears throat> yeah. Yesterday. Yes. Or, uh, whatever. This – um, so I watched three episodes of it. It is um, my review of it would be when somebody said, well, what, what my wife, she had like some sort of a wine conference call with her friend. So I didn't we I was watching solo. And um, and I said, uh, she goes, well, what, what is this? And I said, well, I would say that <laughs> every know. scene is more extraordinary than the previous. <laughs> yes, it's unbelievable. It's just, like yeah, every it's episode like, is more extraordinary than the previous the amount of sheer things that were caught on tape defies logic in every way. And yeah, that's what I think makes it so fun. Like, how did that like, okay. So you use the word fun. This is the only thing that I, I can't, I think I'm worse off for watching this. No. Um, I, I don't know if it was a good use of my time. I'm great. tending to think that it wasn't it was a great um, use of your time. Well, you say great and you say fun, but there are actual murders that occur. So well, that's well, the on. part. We're only three episodes in. So like at this point, there's eh. only, there's only speculated, speculated. How far are you into this? Three episodes. I'm saying with you. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that, that, well, we know the Baskin lady's gone, right? The Baskin lady. Baskin, the, the tiger cat lady. No, She's not yet. Gone. Not in three episodes. No, no, no. But in real life, this is real life. It's not a, a movie. 
Well, yeah, I don't see. I don't. I didn't want to learn anything about what. Actually no, no, they happened. tell you that right off the right off the start. The very right first that he's episode. in jail for her. But I'm waiting to see that unfold. Yes, that's the okay. The, the but supposition. so you're watching someone who's no longer with us, who frankly at this point not sad about it based on what I no seen. because it's very possible that she committed a, a murder of her own. What do you mean she fed her husband to the tigers? Right. So like I can't. So when you use the word fun, I can't get there. I don't know. If it's oh, fun. God. It's well, absolutely absurd. Uh, it's nuts. You know what? This is like you need to zoom in on the camera and be like, mwah, mwah. like, no, I don't know. I, I don't think details so. Details here. Yes. You're focusing on all the wrong details. They spent an entire episode talking about her murdering her husband and feeding him to tigers. Yeah, that's I'm episode not sure. three. That's episode right. three. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what one. I watched last night. I mean, yeah, that's a doozy. So that was a whole episode. So that was quite heavy. The absurdity of it, though, is I I've, I did not know that any of this existed. I understand why people are watching it at a fast rate because it defies logic in every possible way. I mean, it it's truly so does. Great. Um, yeah, it's wild. It's absolutely it's it's absolutely bonkers. I I this hit home pretty closely to me because I was in Columbus in 2011 with the Zanesville when those cats got loose, uh, or he let them. Oh loose. yeah, sure. Uh, they showed yeah. that. Yeah, so we were on um, – they did show that. I lived that because we were – Channel 10 was – you know, that was the, the big the big station of note, and we had a chopper, and we – if memory serves, we flew Jack Hanna out there to the scene because they he had to explain to people why they had to put these animals down because you couldn't domesticate them, I and there's nothing you could trank them with that yeah, would those work. Were some those were some pretty ugly scenes, that, that carnage yeah. from Zanesville. That, that, that not fun. Not fun. No, and I remember hearing it on the on the scanner um, in the newsroom, and like we got a report in Zanesville, there uh, there's a tiger spotted. I'm going, wait, what? There's a tiger running loose in rural Ohio. This is happening, um, and as it turns out, there were many of them that were running loose, and it was a horrific scene. Um, so this this hits this hits home for me in a way. Uh, so when you think like I didn't know any of this stuff existed until the Zanesville thing happened, and then to see like these guys running things, how do you explain this Zach Doc Antle guy? That that's that guy's the craziest of them all. What do you mean he's got a cult and he's got the? I mean, he's named himself Lord and and basically has this cult where these girls do all of his bidding for him. It's he's got it's, five wives, four yeah. wives, five wives. The other guy in Oklahoma has two husbands. Uh, the woman in Tampa, who's adversarial to both of them, has uh, ha- has a husband who's very likely, I think, she murdered. And then there's there's another guy likely. who was in 12 years in prison in Miami for for being a drug dealer, who's out and he's driving a Bentley, driving around with his own little zoo. Well, yeah, and that guy was like Scarface. They said, seems like it. Yeah, there. Listen, the uh, there are so many little wrinkles in this thing that are just unbelievable. But one of my yeah. favorite tweets I saw was some uh, a, a woman on Twitter shared. She's like, "This Bogdan guy's got you know five wives. Joe Exotic's got two straight men as husbands, and I can't get a single date in this town. Like, what's the, you know what's wrong with me? What's the deal?" <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was, yeah. I thought was. A it's hysterical. a world that if you went into, if you went into a Hollywood studio and said, "I got an idea for a movie," and this is the idea, they would say, "Get the hell out of here! It's not believable." Not believable. Nope. Not believable. Sorry. Get out nope. of here. No one's going to buy that this is real. Move on. And folks, this all happened. It's all it's real. A, it all happened. It's a must. It's a. I mean, in this environment that we're in, where we are in our homes and we are, you know, hungry for content and consuming content, this is. This is, this is a gift that was sent to us, and it is fun, 
It is wild. Come on. What makes I can't it fun go fun. Are the music videos. What do you mean? What about the Here Kitty Kitty music video where he's basically talking about how she took out her husband and fed him and he's got like the mannequins and he's like, it's nuts. Eating. His music videos it's are nuts. something else. The music videos are unbelievable. It looks like something out of SNL. The fact that he did a live television show every night for 80 people is. What remarkable. about he got her diary? He got her diary somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's just bonkers. It's the most bonkers thing I've ever seen. I mean, it really is the craziest thing. I've what ever did seen I tell you? I said it's like the Kramer. It's, yeah. it's hideous. It's disgusting. Yet I can't look away. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's the most extraordinary thing I've ever seen. Truly. I just don't. You're I, happy no though that you have started that. it and you're going to finish it, right? I mean, you need to see how this all comes I don't know. To like it's end. between this and Ozark because Ozark yeah, dropped Ozark, today too. So like Ozark's very timeless. different. Well, obviously, but this yep. is something like this is right now, though. Truly, this is at the at the uh, at the front of social consciousness right now. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's really sweeping the nation. It's like the perfect combination where everybody is watching it at the same time. It's, it's right. It's absolutely nuts. I'm undecided if I can recommend it to people or not. Uh, what? One thing one thing that I can recommend is the NFL draft. As we get into the OBM hot topics, Ohio business gene preferred copier provider, the Cleveland Browns have all the X's and O's for your office. Call 216-485-2000 visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Roger Goodell says, we're having a draft, kids. And in fact, if you complain about us having a draft, I'm going to punish you. That's in a strongly worded memo that Adam Schefter got a hold of. Um, Raj. Raj not having it, buddy. Not having it. Listen, this is what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. Live it, learn it, love it, deal with it. Let's go. That's what he's saying. I'm for it. I'm, listen, I'm for we're it. Go, we're doing it. Absolutely. Go ahead. Go on, Raj. Go on. Yeah, and I don't see any I, – I, I, I understand, like, if you're a general manager, you want all the information possible. I get it. Like, you'd want it. But just trust trust your gut, trust your scouting, trust your data. There's a lot of it that you've accumulated over the course of the last several years on these players that are draft eligible. Um, and, and one more visit to the facility, uh, one more throw from a quarterback, one more route from a receiver, one more cone drill from a corner – uh, is not should not be the deal breaker anyway. The only one that would be maybe would be the medical for the guys who would need the second round of that. But most of that stuff is in you're in good shape anyway. So maybe you wouldn't take um, maybe you don't take quite the risk on a guy who you're just not sure where they are medically. But they all were tested at the combine. Um, I, I I say go. The only disappointing thing I had about it was I was hoping that they could stretch it out a bit. They're going 23rd, 24th, 25th, keeping the dates the same. I, I was hoping that they would spread it out over the course of five days or something like that. Yeah, they're going to go with the, the standard schedule, which, again, not really a huge surprise. But at the same time, it is a good thing, I think, for every – for it's just it's, – it'll be a nice distraction. It can be done safely. I know that there are people that are concerned what happens if somebody's internet goes out and this, that, and whatever. But I, I'm pretty sure they're going to have this quite sorted and be able to figure this out pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, you're all you're all in the, working under the same. One thing that Goodell's always big about is a competitive advantage, right? That's the, yeah, everybody's why it's working a problem under with the, the same. Game. Right. It's the same for everybody. Everybody's in it together. We get a draft. We get a lead up to a draft. It's going to be exciting times. There could be some trades that could influence things. You got quarterbacks out there who could land on teams that maybe influence the way teams view the first round. Certainly in the top ten, if Miami or or the or the Chargers decide to go in with in a free agency with one of these quarterbacks and and kind of go off of their plan. So it allows for a lot of, of dialogue. And I think Adele's right when he says, "Look, you know, this would be good for the country to have a little something to distract." He's right. Listen, I remember after September 11th, that first Sunday when football came back, and what a what a great thing it turned out to be in terms of you know just that distraction and a rallying point for the for the company. I, I love it.
Yeah, me too. And and I think um, especially with this one where the, the finish line on this is ever-changing and unavailable. And at this point, we're unable to tell you where the, where the finish line is. Uh, these little nuggets here and there from the sports world are nice. Um, I got something else I want to run by you um, in the sports world. I got this on Twitter last night, and I thought it was a fantastic uh, tweet that somebody sent to me. Their idea was a, a like a go- golf matches, um, pay-per-view golf matches, because golf is can have social distancing. It's only two guys. You could do that. I took it a step further, eliminate the pay-per-view, play it on exclusive courses that we've never seen, like Cypress or Pine Valley or Seminole, like courses we've never seen cameras on. And, and just put it on television, then have some of some sort of a charitable element to it where where there's a give back to the Red Cross or whatever. Sure. Something like that. Like, wouldn't you sign up for that? Would I? Of course I would. You mean kind of like be amazing? redo? Uh, think about the money that they made off of Tiger and Phil. I mean, you could. Right. And you don't need. A, right. You don't need a lot of people. And I think that'd be a great idea to get to see Cypress or. Pine Valley, which everybody says is the number one course in the country, all these things that you know people have never seen. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. So they and they did this in the late '90s. They did this uh, like there was the battle at Bighorn, where it was like yep, Tiger against Sergio, and then Tiger that. and Jack against Sergio, and um, I think it was Seve. Is that who it was? Sergio yeah, and Seve. Yeah, uh-huh, that makes sense. Yeah, um, and it was awesome, and they did it under the lights. It was really cool, um, and and I think if you add the element of of playing it, if like I mean, you tell me you wouldn't sign, who wouldn't sign up to watch Tiger against Phil at Cyprus or right. Rory against Kepka at Pine Valley? Like, let's let's do that. Like, that would be let's, phenomenal television. Yes, let's do that, and and I think if you kept it with just uh, two people, yeah, you would be able to make sure that it stays safe you know the issue is you know cameras how are you going to film it how many people but i think if, if everybody who was involved in it went into a quarantine for the period before you could i think you yeah. could do it you could do it safely and i think you would be providing something that would be awesome i know that all the sports betters and it would become the most bet on event probably ever <laughs> no question right now people are just jonesing for something to i mean people are betting on madden simulations right now do you <laughs> know that this. Yeah, I saw it. It's amazing. for real. People are betting on I Madden know. simulations right yeah. now. That's, That's where, where we're at. at. That's, That's where, where we're at. at. Yeah. I just feel like this is the one sport that you could do it in, and it would I also be compelling. There's a lot of sports more. that you could do something like this in, tennis, for example, but it's. I don't think it would be compelling. I think the element of courses we haven't seen with great players one-on-one would be awesome, just absolutely awesome. It would be sensational. By the way, we received via Gibbe – an update from somebody who listening to the program. And I thank them who said Carol Baskin is not in fact dead. And Joe is just in jail for the plot against her, which I'm oh going to assume right now he's innocent of. That's just, that's my assumption after three episodes <laughs> that he is absolutely innocent of such charges. I don't, it's, I just don't. That's How about so the girl much. who just went right back to work after getting her arm bit off? What about that girl? That girl is, that's the Calm. hero we all need. I mean, unflappable. Dude, he 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 unflappable. He, I I left to choose my words carefully. He is he married a man who was previously straight, and that's not the craziest thing that happens in an episode. He married a second man that was the previous. I mean, that's both right. of them. Both that wedding yeah. ceremony was unbelievable too. That wedding ceremony was absolute bonkers. And, yeah, and it, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It sure it didn't is. feel like, by the way, too, in a in a in a now what is a three person relationship. It sure didn't feel to me like 
it was they were all getting married. It felt like they were both agreeing to marry Joe. I think you have that right. <laughs> there yeah. wasn't I any, think you read like, the room correctly. There wasn't any guy on the right and guy on the left. You guys no. get to hang out too. It was no, just, no, no. no, we're here for Joseph. Yeah, yeah Joseph lots exotic. of creepy stuff. I'm going to call him Joseph too. I think it sounds like a little bit more Joseph Exotic. When, he, when he's Joseph Exotic. Yeah. 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 He's a magician too. Oh, by the way, does that too. Dude, um, there's nothing he can't so do. So many layers. All right. Well, that's good. I, 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 for some reason, I thought that that lady was gone. So that's that's good. Oh, so see it, now, that that, a little bit. now we're back in. Yeah, the fun that zone. that helps a little bit. I thought I was watching someone who was deceased. So that helps. Yeah. That that will help me a little bit. Now, I, now I can get a little more fun into it. Yeah. Um, all speaking right. Speaking of fun, up, what can I just say real quick? Speaking of fun, yeah. people are losing their minds on Twitter over over the uniforms. If you paid attention to the scores, just pay attention to the scores, people. I don't know why we have to repeat this every show. They're not out there. I'll say that they are no. not on the internet. So no. everybody who keeps saying and asking. It's, it's no, is the not answer. there. That's the answer. No, and I'm not commenting on them anymore. No comments. You will get your uniforms. You will get them soon. I believe that you will like them very, very much. Uh, I believe that, as we've told you, authentic, real, nothing fancy, nothing fancy. You're going to be. I think you're going to be pleased as Browns fans with what you see. The production right. and there's one that we said that's pretty cool. And and JW, they're all cool. On the record, had also said that there's one in the closet for a future time. That's so you're going to be very pleased, Browns fans. I think you're going to be very, very pleased. So I, I know that it's fun to hit me with $100 million a day. Now I'm starting to get DMs about it as well. I get so many, and I can't even imagine what you get. It's, but I get, it's every day. It's every hour. It, it, yeah. they're, they're not out there. They're not out no. there. I, nope. Sorry. Sorry. It's all going to be fine. It's you're all gonna, everyone's going to win. It's going to be We're, fine. Oh, you, you're a big winner. Huge you're wins. a big winner. Lots yeah, of everyone's winners. a winner. Everybody's going to be everybody's a big winner. Big winners of the bar tonight. Big winners. Uh, all right. Lots to get to. Uh, new defensive tackle Andrew Billings is going to join us a little bit later in the program. Coming up next, we go around the league. Lots to get to. Off and running Friday, CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cause your injury, do not face that challenge alone. Call the injury lawyers at one in Elk, Ohio for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Go Browns. As we go around the league, brought to you by Jack. Michael Brockers headed back to L.A. Uh, so this is the – look, we, we have a little bit of fun sometimes with the idea of official, what's official in the National Football League. Um, and, and, of course, we had another one today with uh, Andrew Sandejo getting in as an official, uh, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the reality is is that this is, is a bit of an issue. Brockers headed back to L.A. This is something we had talked about last week. He had a three-year, $30 million deal in Baltimore that was $20 Which is great. Good. Go back. Go on a great back. deal. Yeah. yeah. And it's – yeah, oh, no, I don't want him here. Yeah, but instead goes to L.A. on a three-year deal worth $31.5. Um, I wonder if L.A. saw the numbers in the deal and said, that's all it took. We can do that. We can do that. And did you see his post? Sorry, sorry, Ravens, but I'm going, Gosh. going back, back to Cali, Cali, which I thought was really a tremendous way to, to break it down by him. And listen, that the thought of having to play the Ravens with Calais Campbell and, and Brockers together, I didn't like that. I, I wasn't no. a fan of that. And so for me, this is a wonderful Win. thing. 
yeah, this is a win for us. We'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tremendous win in, in a in a division that is uh, that is already I think and look we we do we're the Browns so I get that but this division is awful interesting buddy and you think about putting Joe Burrow the Bengals spent 120 million in free agency after spending 50 million the previous five years combined and they're going to draft Joe Burrow um, if you think about what the Steelers are going to be with that defense and Roethlisberger coming back potentially the the adding of Winston is the backup there and you know what Baltimore's done you know what we've done this division is just going to be a powder keg and from an interest standpoint every single week is going to be incredible I don't need it, it so anything I can do to lessen these teams and if that means Brockers out what a win for us absolutely um, your call, did you, you see the, it, um, the the Bruce Arians <laughs> Bruce likes to do an interview doesn't he I mean, is he on the is he on the circuit right now? I mean, it seems like he's on a tour. I don't even understand it. He's he, like, like he seems like he when likes you go to the to Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you're on Radio Row. Yeah, it's and like you're, he's just, and they just bring people by. I feel like he's just like it's almost like he's just tweeted to the world. Hey, if you want me on your radio show, I'll come on. No I'm matter in. who you are, I'm yeah, in. No, I'll do it. I'm not doing I'm anything. Right. Consider me available very available so he says antonio brown is not a fit in their locker room no kidding oh sad i hate to see it i hate to see it. yeah, yeah. is there a is there a locker room that he would fit in no. i think he's probably burnt the bridge yeah he's done ski he's done for not there i mean i think that's the question for him right it ultimately comes down to the locker room issue and i think that it would have to be the place that would have made the most sense historically when you just said, okay, this is the locker room that can absorb him and it can be okay is what it's the Patriots. He was there. Guess what? Yep. Didn't happen. So to me, that's that the only other team, you know, I would have said before as the Raiders, guess what? He was also with them. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> so I don't see where Maybe this... the Steelers someplace what? with great culture. Oh, that's where... right. Yeah. He was didn't there work. too. Yeah. So I don't really see the, uh, the, the light at the end of the tunnel as it were for him no no I'm with you on that I don't see it either um there's the other interesting thing here is as we go around the league is the uh did you see this Deshaun Watson uh story did you I was trying to understand this so somebody somebody tweeted in response to Deshaun Watson a picture of Belichick and then Watson liked the picture and and that's what's generating all of this uh, and I think some of this is just like, look, there's nothing else going nothing, on. Yeah, so, let's generate some excitement. Yeah, let's get some generate some a little excitement. Going. Yeah. If Deshaun, the one thing that I do think is interesting is Deshaun Watson is going in kind of this very passive aggressive way of saying he's dissatisfied with what Bill O'Brien is doing. And yes, I would think some of is. Is right, like, yeah. Yet, yet, if Deshaun wanted a change, wouldn't he just walk into ownership and say, he's out or I'm out, and that that solves it? Like, like Magic Johnson did back in the day. Paul Westhead. And that's how they ended up getting Pat Wright. So it worked out. So we could say, look, look how well that worked out for them. Do you, did you know, the, do you know the original plan on that? I don't know if I do. I'm, tell me. And then I'll say, I you. will. I did so know that. Or I did. They fire Paul Westhead. Correct. And they have, they tell Jerry West and Pat Riley are going to be co-coaches. That's right. Yep. And wasn't Pat Riley going to be like the coach, like in the stands or something? I don't remember anything about stands, but it was like they were, no, I think they both were on the bench, but I do think there was something where one coached offense and one coached defense. I don't okay. remember what the okay. heck it was. Uh -huh. But basically, Jerry West said, look, this is insane. <laughs> like, like, what are we Pat, doing here? Let's let Pat coach the team, and I'll be in the front office. And then he went on to be um, – 
frankly, the best general manager in the history of the National Basketball Association. Riley, one of the great coaches and great executives uh, in, in the history of the NBA. But the original plan with the firing of Paul Westhead was they're both going to coach. I mean, when you say it out loud, that already sounds silly. Yeah, right. That already sounds silly. <laughs> right. And the, the, it's added, the silliness is added to the fact Riley was a, you know, a bench player, a role player on those Lakers teams. Jerry West, at that time, was one of the five best players in the history of the league. The logo. Yeah, he's a stinking logo. And you're going you're gonna split, to split coaching reps? This is where we're at? Yeah. Not a lot of thought goes into a lot of these things, I'm afraid. No, no. And it worked out for them. It worked out very well. Um, and it worked out. Look, eventually Paul had the incredible run at Loyola Marymount, and his – his Nuggets team with Michael Adams and uh, Kiki Vandaway and Alex English towards the this, – this would have been, what, like the late 80s? Yeah. Is that that squad? Was yeah. His, was his that squad or was his squad the team with uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Roof? Might have been that one. I can't remember. I get it mixed up a little bit. But he had a, he had a run with the Nuggets in the NBA where they were still oh, 150 I'll tell you who he had. I'll tell you who he had. He had Michael Adams. Michael Adams was, I think, the point guard. Yeah, where they were scoring a ton. I don't know if Kiki was there. It was pretty... so. I just said all those guys, but yeah. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. Hold on, I'm hold on. I'm hold on. What? Okay. So he was in Denver '91, only two years. Actually, they were. Ter- it's amazing how we remember it. It's not. They were terrible, but they were scoring like 140 a game. You're right about that. Yeah. Right, but I mean, I'm, what I'm not, I thought they had some success. He had no success. No success. Stunk. No. Terrible. It was Adams, Mahmoud abdul Rauf. Yeah, okay, Kiki was gone. Idea. Okay. Adams used to shoot. Do you remember he would shoot his free throws from, like, way over on the side? Yep. I do. I do remember that. Yeah. How, yeah, how this about this? stunk. In one game, they gave up 107 points in a single half to the Phoenix Suns, which remains an NBA record. Under wow. Westhead, the Nuggets were sometimes called the Enver Nuggets, as in no D or defense. The next year, they drafted Dikembe Mutombo, who made the all-star team, played a more conservative pace, scoring 99.7 a game. That year, 90-91, though, they averaged a league-best 120. Their opponents did not score fewer than 100 points in any game, and 78 of the 82 that they faced scored at least 110. Jeez. What do you think its two-year record was, or did you already see this? Oh, no, I haven't seen it. I I think it's a lot worse than I thought. Okay, give your guess. Two-year record. So, uh, there would be 70, 70 wins, 75, Woo-hoo. 44 and 120, my friend. Oh God. It's even worse than I thought. 44 and one. Oh no. 20. How about the fact that his first year coaching is magic's rookie year at the Lakers and they win the championship. That's his first year as an, as an NBA head coach. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And to think you're going to have what, maybe like another year with the Lakers and then that's it. And then the Denver run and you're done. That's it in the NBA. You're done. Your first year, you win a championship. Wow. All right. So here's that team. Here's who they had. Okay. So Michael Adams, 26 and a half a game. Yep. Orlando Woolridge. Remember him? Oh, he was of course. A, yeah. He could score the ball. 25.1. Walter Davis they still had after his son's days, mm-hmm. I'm guessing. 19 a game. Reggie Williams, 16 a game. Mahmoud, 14 a game. Um, Todd Lichty. Is that the kid from Stanford? I think it might be. Who could just straight shoot it? Yeah, it might be. It is the kid from Stanford, yes. He was a first-round pick of the Nuggets in 1989. Wow, I didn't remember that. I would not have had that. Okay, they also had Blair Rasmussen on this team. This team had a lot of cool people on it. Blair Rasmussen was giving them 12 and 12.5 and 10 a game. 
Orlando World's 25-7 and, and seven a game. Michael Adams was averaging 26.5 a game and 10.5 assists a game. Walter Davis, 19 points a game. You know, they had the, this team had a lot of fun people. This is all the people that were on this roster this year for them to be that bad. Jerome Lane was also yep. on this roster. Kenny Battle. Terry Mills. Oh, sure. Marcus Liberty. Oh. Tim Legler. Two Illini. Avery Johnson. That's pretty Anthony good. Mason appeared in 24 games for them. I'm sorry, appeared in in three games for that team. Hey, they had a little, a little run of Mace. They did. You know who's going to appear in games for us this season? Andrew yes, Billings. and I bet he's coming up next. Mr. He's coming up right now. He's on right now. Now, immediately. Andrew, how you doing, man? You just finished up the, uh, the, the introductory press conference that normally would be in the facility in Berea, and then you would walk upstairs and talk to us in the studio. Instead, we do it all remotely because of where we are right now. But uh, getting this thing official, yeah. talking to the media, what's it been like for you, pal? It's been very interesting, but great at the same time. Well, Andrew, and this, well, go, go ahead, Cozy. I was just going to say, welcome to Cleveland, and obviously, you know, move staying in the division. What was the allure for you of coming to the Browns? Uh, just the team itself, the coaches, you know, what they had in store for me and the way the team's moving really made it a, a very, very easy choice. Andrew, the um, the fit for you in this defense that Joe Wood's going to have, what, what do you like about it? What was appealing? Uh, one, the uh, technique and the play style in which he's asking to play. Um, you know, I, I always feel comfortable in a two-eye and also the, the ability to move around the three technique at times. Um, that really, really, you know, it, it really talked to me. I really like that, especially as, like, developing myself. I think it gives me a chance to to really develop myself into more more things and, and, and areas in which I want to develop myself in. Andrew, you trained with Larry Ogunjobi last summer, and Larry very close with a former teammate of yours, uh, Geno Atkins there with the Bengals, was, was kind of having that personal connection, something that made this a little bit of an easier decision for you? Uh, yeah, I think it's always easier to go somewhere where you know the guys. So, uh, I mean, it made it a lot easier, and it just made it more comfortable, I'll be honest with you. Now, also, are you and Miles the same age? Both Texas kids, and Texas high school football is about as good as it gets. I'm, are you and Miles, were you the same class, or were you a year ahead of him? Uh, Got to be close, right? You're 25? Yeah. He's in that vicinity? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little a little uh, reunion there of a couple of Texas boys on a, on a yeah. Cleveland Browns defensive line. That's kind of a nice fit. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Indeed. What will it mean, you know, knowing that you get to face your former team uh, two times a year? You know this division. You know this division is tough. You know it's about going through the Ravens, who are, you have the reigning MVP, the Steelers, but staying in the AFC North and, and what this kind of division, this kind of football is all about. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, but, it, I mean, I want to get these guys to practice every day. Uh, I think, you know, once you put the helmet on, you go out there on the field, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the jersey is across the line, so. I think it'll be just fine. It's a incredibly competitive division as well. Obviously, you're coming for the Bengals. You know, you're very familiar of, of what their plans is, the amount of money they spent in free agency, and then with probably the addition of Joe Burrow. You think about Roethlisberger returning in Pittsburgh, and you think about, obviously, we know what, what Lamar's all about, and you think about what Stefanski's trying to build here. Uh, you were in the yeah. process of trying to decide a next team, uh, the idea of coming straight up the road, straight up 71, up to this to this Browns team. What were some of the factors that, that for you, pushed it over the edge? Uh, 
for me, it, it, it was really just the coaches, the atmosphere, and you know what what I what I would be able to you know uh, become over there. So I mean, it, it it came down to basically where do where do I feel comfortable at? You know, where do I best see myself in the future? What's kind of your mindset when you're when you're as big as you are, 330 pounds? That's something the Browns have been looking forward to. You know, getting a guy like that in the middle of this defense. You know, what's your mindset out there? Just to go out, and dominate day in and day out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mindset is have the quickest hands and control the line of scrimmage every play. Andrew Billings, our guest here. Do, do, oh, I'm sorry, bud. No, you good. You good. Um, the how how you where are you at now? Are you back in Texas? Or are you down? It's where are you at now in terms of uh, obviously social distancing and all that stuff. Where are you yeah. at now? What is what are you doing day to day? How how are you training? What are some of the adjustments you've had to make? I am currently in Wilder, Kentucky, but I mean I'm based in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. yeah, training is uh it's become some kind of tough. Uh, you know, first you know I have my training ignition they closed with the LA fitness closed and, and me and Gino had to link up and run on the field and that closed and so now it's just you know driving around trying to find a field with no gates on it and working out in the garage but I'm we're still getting the work in so it's all good that's important. I know it's important to you because some people think about working out. They think around about throwing around some weights. But I know you competed in powerlifting back in high school and broke somebody's record that many people associate as being one of the strongest Americans in the history of our great nation, and that's Mark Henry. You broke his Texas record with over 2,010 pounds. Wait, what? That, yeah, that's right. 805-pound squat, 500-pound bench press, 500-pound bench press, and a 705-pound deadlift. Okay. How in the world do you do this? What is the deal? This is crazy. Oh, man, that, that's – I don't even know. I, I, yeah, I did in high school. You know, 500-pound bench press in high school. Yeah. I mean, you know, high school, you just go in the gym and lift hard every day and walk out like nothing happened the next day. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's good training. Good training in high school. <laughs> yeah, I would bet. Boy, I guess. <laughs> That's incredible. That's absolutely nuts. Five hundred pound bench. Yep. I'm trying. That to, is crazy. Boy, that, that's like workout wonders. You and Miles in the same room. That's terrifying. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of heavy weights thrown around there. I got to ask you this: You played at Baylor. Obviously, we've had a, quite a few Baylor guys come he, through here with the Browns and, and your class that came in the draft that same year. Corey Coleman, Spencer Drango came through the through Cleveland. Have you? Did you ever talk to them at all about just their experience here with the fans? And I know you've yeah. seen it coming yeah. here as a member of the Bengals, but you know, kind of what did they tell you about the city of Cleveland? Uh, you know, I talked to Spencer about it as far as like places to live and you know uh, the distance from you know the city versus the uh, training facility. Uh, so far, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. I, you know, I've been in Cleveland for leisure sometimes, and uh, I've always enjoyed the city. Um, the fans are great; everybody knows that. And uh, it's just, yeah, no, I've heard nothing bad. All good things coming from them. Andrew, so great to talk to you, buddy. Look forward to meeting you in person when we can all get back to some normal and get you in the facility. Uh, welcome to Cleveland yeah. and welcome to the Browns. Thank you, thank you. All right, very good. New defensive tackle Andrew Billings there on the program. Much more to come. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland.
You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. Let's go around the sports world a little bit. This one near and dear to your heart. Roman Reigns, sources say, out for WrestleMania. Was supposed to wrestle Goldberg in the WWE Universal title. Uh, Reigns, of course, a leukemia survivor. Had Didn't it come back in 18, and then he was back yeah. wrestling in 19, and now uh, obviously would be immunocompromised uh, in, in these current times. Yeah, and, and I, I think that you just think about everything that's going on, and, and it, it just seems to me more and more – unlikely that that event would go forward as twas originally intended i would i would have to think and and that's obviously a big one there are a lot of guys on that roster that you know have some type of issues i know that there are being reports now that various wrestlers are turning up sick and and so Mm -hmm. you just have to wonder you know how that how that goes going forward what they're gonna what they're gonna do and 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 how that's gonna be handled and it's something that, you know, has in 35 years has always gone on. This is obviously would be a new version of it regardless uh, without mm-hmm. a crowd. But it, it, it makes you wonder, okay, can, can we really do this? Should we, should we really do this? Should we even be, be thinking about this? And I think the, probably the answer is no. But that is, yeah. you know, that's, we're talking Vincent Kennedy McMahon here. And this is a guy that has always struggled with, you know, how to handle – things of this nature i would say yeah i think <laughs> i would say all of that is accurate i i i think the other thing is is look this is performance art right and the, and a bit one of the i think more than any other many any other sport this is crowd driven yes the crowd supplies the momentum it supplies the soundtrack the energy, the energy without it like I was talking to Laurenitis about it this morning, and obviously his dad knows a little bit about it. And you think about like those guys busting out and, and coming down a tunnel to oh what a rush, and are, like would they if there's no crowd, how do you do that? You can't. You can't. You can't. No, you can't. So I, to me, I don't see. Um, I don't know how you do it. I think it was going to be kind of, kind of wonky anyway with Gronk trying to front it. I just think you needed a pro there, not like a football meathead guy. So I, to me, I think it was going to be awkward anyway. If they if they were going to try and do it, it was going to be very awkward. I couldn't agree with you anymore, even if I wanted to. And I, I it's it's well, you do. That'd be good. I, yeah, I do want to, and I'm going to. And it's it's, <sighs> yeah, it yeah, it's a very, it's an unfortunate situation. It's obviously this whole thing for society is unfortunate, but that's a there's no way. The people that social distancing impossible for the people inside the squared circle. And so with that all being said, you know, you are running a massive, massive risk. And I think, you know, I just reached out to, to my buddy who's in the WWE and it's I just don't see how they're going to do it, Bo. I don't see how I don't either. They're going to be able to keep this going. I don't even know how they're keeping these shows going, honestly. And I don't either. It seems I'm to not me watching that- it. Are you watching it? I mean, I would obviously watch it if it is. No, no, on. no, not WrestleMania, but like Raw and stuff. Are those still going on? They are still going on. I have not been watching it. Um, yeah. Other, than, I watch Mike segments and, and pretty much that's it, honestly. So okay, yeah. that's basically what I do, and, and that's what I look for, and and you know, beyond that, it is what it is. Okay, 
All right. Uh, Being Rex Chapman airs tonight at 7 on ESPN. That I will be all in for. Um, And if you pay attention to the scores, it's possible that you and I did something pretty cool. I don't want to say any more than that. No, uh, but it's possible it's nice that we teaser. spearheaded something pretty cool in, in regard to Mr. Chapman uh, going forward. So um, I look forward to that very much. And then um, Ozark Season 3 is out. Today I got the notification. Today. Yeah. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. So we're getting some good. This is a big content. Big content day. But for me, all the content, all my focus is on the lovely Miss Kay and her birthday. Well, right, but I mean, you're going to watch anything later? You've watched the little shows? I don't know. The it's are to, done? It's Whatever she wants? Dealer's choice, as they call it. Oh, well, there you go. That's very fantastic. Um, so, so that's pretty good. Lots, lots to look forward to there. I think the uh, on the Ozark, they're going to have to find a. Uh, you got a lot of big bads they got to get going again. Oh yeah, they've eliminated a, a lot of them. There's a lot that's going to need. There's going to right. There's going to have to be new stuff is going to have to come to light. That's going to really put a. a, a some new challenges need to arise, right? Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And some, uh, and some new new things need to be dealt with. Yeah, new things. I guess. Yeah, the uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention, and this was a, a big topic. This is a big topic of conversation in the sports world in general. But uh, did you see Kirk Herbstreit's comments today? I did not. So um, look, I'm at the I'm at the point now, and you and I, I'm, we're optimistic gentlemen. We're uh, glasses half full gentlemen by nature. Um, I haven't even. I don't even want to think about, it, and I haven't thought about any idea of of a limited or a non football season. I have no interest yes. in it. I don't want to think about it. I don't even want to uh, pretend that it's something that's possible. Uh, but Herb Street said today on, um, I think it was on Freddie and Fitz last night on ESPN that he can't see a situation where there is a football season, college or pro, uh, that he can't foresee without a vaccine a way that you could put a hundred thousand people in any stadium. Uh, and play football games. And for somebody of his, he's pretty measured in general. He's not a big headline grab guy. Like he's yeah. pretty measured with his comments. I've done radio with him before years ago in Columbus, and he's not somebody who does bulletin board stuff. He's for him to say it means that that it's being talked about in college campuses in, around in the college game, which leads me to believe that it's probably being considered in the NFL game as well. Um, you have to prepare for that to see what you that would to. look like, I suppose. I have, again, I have no interest in considering it, um, but I, I, for him to say it, that, that adds quite a bit of gravity to the situation. It certainly does, and it adds, as, as you just pointed out, tremendous gravity to the situation, and it's something that you hope you know doesn't come to pass, obviously, but it's got to be something that's being considered, doesn't it? I mean, how could it not be? It just – this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Everything has got to be on the table. And, and the good thing that we said going forward for football is it truly is a game that could be played devoid of spectators, right? Don't you think? Like if you had to it do could, it that way, we could all go yeah, on that way. It would. And I think, I mean, you saw the NCAA basketball. Like they, they instead of getting $600 million from the tournament, they got like 235 um, but the fact is that's still 235. And I, yep. you think about, you're talking about Vince McMahon, like the NFL has TV partners, right? And those TV partners need content. And so if you don't supply the content, um, that's a problem. So yeah, there's the gate that you got to worry about the fans and all of that, but there's also television that needs to be filled. 
and you have commitments. And, and while you make a lot of money um, on attendance at stadiums and you make a lot of money in concessions and all these things, you make the most money from those TV money, those TV contracts. And those TV D, uh, companies are going to want some sort of return on their investment. Of course they're not they going to want it to go black. So if, they're, if you can find a way to play, then I think you find a way to play. So if it's in front of nobody, that's in front of nobody. If it's in front of limited crowds, it's in front of limited crowds. But I, I think that's probably the way it's going to go. I don't disagree with you at all. And I think that, that is, it, it, it is something that they will want to find a way to, to make it happen. And, and hopefully it's something that a way will be found. You know, where there's a will, there's a way, they always say. And I think, you know, not knowing what it's looking like, just seeing, though, by the way, the great job Ohio's done in flattening the curve. And mm -hmm. that's the thing is that it's not just going to be one state. It's going to be the whole country. And we know that this is not an easy thing to contend with. It has not been easy to contend with in any way, shape or form. And, and honestly, it's, it's far from an ideal situation. You know, it, it's the things that matter right now are definitely being put into perspective. And obviously people want, we all want our sports. We all want our distraction. We all want, we all want normalcy. You know, I was thinking, you know, the other day I had to run out and go to the grocery store. And I don't know if you've mm -hmm. thought about this at all, Bo, but it struck me as how I saw through my eyes, you know, everybody there is a potential hazard to me. And, yeah. you know, you're trying to keep your distance, be respectful of those people who I would imagine in their minds are feeling the same. Well, there's one guy in line that's like, nobody's going to tell me who doesn't know anything about my health or lifestyle, what I have to do. I'm not scared of this, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, then you need to stay way far away from me because mm -hmm. I want no part of that. But do you think socially are, is there going to be is it going to be hard for us to get back to who we are cuz I love to embrace people I love to to give hugs I love to you know yeah. I love people and I love life yep. and I feel like it seems like that's is going to be it's the thought of where we were just a month ago in in mm -hmm. you and I personally a month ago we were in Indianapolis eating at St. Yep. Elmo's you were almost dying on shrimp cocktail everybody's at that's tables right. all around each other there are people everywhere and now this and it just seems to me it's like are we ever going to be able to get back to where we were fantastic question my friend one that at this point there's no answer to and there's no answer. The other thing that's hard is there's no way of knowing when you will have an answer. That's yeah. floating out there as well. So It's interesting. Um, I was talking to one of my buddies, and I was like, look, if we could somehow just get back to the way, you know, if we could get back to work by, in my mind, it was like August 1st. If we could get back to work, that would be amazing. And and, and mm -hmm. my buddy's like, August 1st, we'll be back May 1st. And I, <laughs> I would, boy, would I love that. But Hope so. Hope man, so. Man. I just, I, it seems so hard to believe that that's what it will be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. What I can tell you will be is Doug Farr is going to join us coming up next. He's with USA Today, covers the NFL. He'll join us at the top of the hour. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, log on to ClevelandBrowns.com where you get your podcast and head over to the YouTube channel. Check out the latest, best podcast available with Gibby, Gribbs, and Z as the guys go through their analysis and analysis of their two-round mock drafts. Get everything caught up to as we are inching closer to the draft and uh, the three amigos together again as they are now twice a week in the lead-up to the draft. No, 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 you the saw that. No, no, you, whoa, whoa, wait a second now. Wait a second now. I wasn't on the most recent BPA. 
Let's not well, let's not pretend that I was. Interesting, interesting. Uh, always, interesting. Oh, always interesting when we have our good buddy Doug Farr on. He is, of course, ES or USA Today Sports Media Group, of course, and the NFL editor joining us. Doug, before we get into the football stuff, I see that your uh, your spot on your Twitter says Seattle, Washington. Um, what has the last month been like for you out there? If that is indeed where you still make your home, sir. Oh yeah, it's uh, you know same old, same old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're you know we're we're hunkered down as a family in our house. Um, we are flattening the curve of the city to a point. Um, I think because of our our governor Jay Inslee, who has been very proactive, and, and thank goodness for that. Uh, we've you know he's been very proactive about not not a lockdown per se but making sure people kind of know what the smart things are to do. Um, and I think that's starting to, at least with the recorded numbers, bear fruit. Um, you know, long-term, we don't really know what any of this holds for us, so we're just doing our best. Doug, as we – and you're right, it, it's, a, it's a very odd backdrop, I'm sure, to even be talking about football and things like this at this time, but just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this initial wave of, of NFL free agency in general before drilling down on the Browns. But I'd have to imagine the big story, obviously, Tom Brady going to the Bucks, and, and just getting your thoughts on that. Well, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers, and uh, I, I have to continue to enjoy Bill O'Brien's warped – uh, <laughs> concepts of player right. value. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team that went. Tom, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers went from 32nd in 2018 to fifth in 2019 in Football Outsiders defensive metrics. Uh, Bruce Arians made the point after Tom Brady was signed that you know turnovers killed them in a lot of games, which it did. I mean, I, I think the defense is there with a couple of, you know, fill-ins they can address in the draft. Obviously, the offense is there. I mean, I can't imagine. If you watched any Patriots games in, in 2019, Brady's frustration, it was kind of Julian Edelman in the pits, and it was maybe the worst receiver core he's ever had. And, you know, in his 40s, Brady's not going to be able to do what he did before. He needs help around him. And what Brady said in his introductory press conference was, all I want to do is sort of the guys that are open. And he's going to have a lot of guys that are open. I mean, Evans and Godwin, um, Bray and O.J. Howard, that's, that's a really impressive group of skill position players. And, you know, people are all talking about, and I wrote about this last week, uh, the Arians no risk it, no biscuit, deep passing game. Well, I've talked to Bruce on multiple occasions about adapting to his quarterbacks, and he's always done that very well. He's not going to ask Tom Brady to do anything that he can't do. So I think, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a pretty tough division, but I think that move alone, um, you know, if, if you give him the same amount of touchdown passes and cut the interceptions to about 30%, which I think this move will do, I think you add three or four wins to their plate. Doug, if you think about as we think about what we did here, and, and obviously Andrew Barry here, his first go at it as a as a GM making these type of decisions in free agency, and you, you think about getting Conklin uh, and Hooper, and and you think about everything else they did, Case Keenum to help Baker in the room, and, and if you think about probably at ten overall going to be a tackle there, it does seem like, um, and Kevin Stefanski and everything that he's doing with this offense and and making it more simplified in terms of uh, straightforward from a quarterback perspective. Do you like what you're seeing? What's being done? 
here this offseason in Cleveland, coming off of last offseason where there were so many big things that were accomplished. Big things here, too, just done in a little different way. And from our view, at least, we realize we see things through orange and brown colored glasses, putting Baker Mayfield in the best position to succeed. Well, yeah, a couple things, I, I think. And getting Sandejo and Carl Joseph, uh, to upgrade the safety. I mean, neither one of those guys are going to make you forget Anthony Harris or Earl Thomas, but they're both good players. Um, that gives them a lot of stability with a really, really good cornerback group on the rise. I think um, the Hooper move and the Conklin move, and even the Case Keenum move, if you look at what Stefanski did as the Vikings offensive coordinator last year in concert with Gary Kubiak, who was the assistant head coach, well, first of all, Keenum was in Kubiak's system for a long time. And what that is, it's heavy two tight end, uh, zone blocking, so you need guys who can get on the move. And it's, you know, it's, it's multiple tight end sets, boot action, zone run game. Well, Keenum's been in that system. So he can help familiarize Mayfield with the particulars of it. You add Hooper to Njoku, and all of a sudden you have that two tight end set. Vikings went with multiple tight ends 57% of the time last season, which was number one in the league. Stefanski's going to take that over. Uh, it's a heavy, heavy boot action game. Kirk Cousins, I believe, had the most boot action. It was either Cousins or Goff. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But Cousins really succeeded on boot action, and it cuts the field in half. It sort of makes your routes. I mean, when they talk about simplifying – the playbook, you can do a lot of that with boot because, you're, as I said, you're cutting the field in half, you're sort of defining the routes, you're getting Mayfield out of pressure, and he was sacked a lot more in his second season. Um, so in a case like that, your right tackle is incredibly important. So that, to me, is why they brought Conklin in because he can help with that. You know, he can, he can block boot, he can pull, he can do a lot of different things. Um, he's familiar with the zone running game. So what they're doing this year, as it, it felt like last year, it was one of those dream team things where they were trying to assemble talent. And I'm not sure they always had the ultimate plan for it. This time it seems a lot more schematically structured to what the head coach slash offensive play designer wants to do. And when you, have you found like just from advanced analysis, and it seems when you watch these offenses that run this wide zone, it is uh, as successful all around the league. Why, why is it not more common? Why aren't there more teams that run this offense? Because as I said, it just seems to be an offense that number one is conducive to success. Number two puts your quarterback in the best position to succeed, and also cuts down on as when you're talking about Jameis and Bruce Arians cuts down on turnovers. I mean, these quarterbacks in the system do have very good touchdown to interception ratios year after year. Right. Well, I mean, some teams prefer to run gap. Some want to run inside zone. Um, I know when Kyle Shanahan went to the Falcons that first year, he tried to turn Matt Ryan because hot Kyle has always been heavy, heavy boot. You guys know this. Yeah. Um, he tried to turn Matt Ryan into a boot quarterback, and with all due respect to a former NFL MVP, <laughs> Matt Ryan is about as mobile as you or I. So it took a while. That first season was not pretty sometimes. And then they all sort of got on the same page, and it turned into what it became. Um, having a successful boot offense, and Gary Kubiak could tell you this as well as anyone because he's run it um, as much as anyone, um, certainly Shanahan's offense, um, you know, it, it – it looks simple because you're, you, the quarterback's running around. He's hitting his first or second target. You're cutting the field in half again. 
Um, but there is, there are a lot of aspects to it. And, you know, when you're, when you're running wide zone and, you know, heavy play action game, you, in, you install different boot packages. If you're not used to running that, it takes a while to get in the mode of it. Um, which is, again, you go back to Keenum and his familiarity with that. Um, he can help Baker in the room. It's not just defense. It's not just defense. He's coaches. Um, I think one of the reasons they signed Keenum is because he is familiar with that and he can help sort of put in what Stefanski wants to do in, in just a more general sense. But, you know, to answer your question more specifically, it's just, it's, it's one of many systems. Um, some guys like Kubiak and Shanahan rely on it heavily. Others don't. The Patriots would never do that with Tom Brady because he's not a boot guy. You know, Brady's thing is to step up in the pocket and throw. So it just, it, it, you know, if you have a Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson, you may want to run um, option zone. It, so it's just, it really depends on what your players can do and how that scheme fits them. Sure. Doug, this division is is about is so interesting. You think about what the what we've done as an organization the last two years of adding talent, adding interesting talent. You think about what the Bengals all of a sudden spent, like for the first time ever, spent 128 million or something like that in free agency after spending 50 million the previous five years combined. They're going to probably draft Joe Burrow unless they somehow come up with some sort of sweet idea, sweetheart deal if Miami or somebody makes something like that. Roethlisberger back in Pittsburgh. We know what the Ravens are. This division is pretty sturdy now, top to bottom, and and the Bengals being aggressive is something I didn't see either. As you look at this division, what do you see? Yeah, DJ, I'll tell you this. Uh, any interior offensive line in the AFC North is not going to enjoy DJ Reader, formerly of the Texans, next to Geno Atkins. That's not going to be fun. Because yeah. Reader is maybe the most underrated defensive tackle in the NFL. Uh, Ravens blitzed 54% of the time, by far the most in the NFL. Uh, they franchised... Matthew Judon, but they need more uh, both interior and outside pressure. Getting Calais Campbell is an absolute that's – that's a grand slam home run for them. Um, makes them even more dangerous. Jackson coming back, um, you know, for another year of development, that, that's a scary team. Roethlisberger, I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, everyone says Ben's coming back, and I'm like, Okay, he's he's what he's throwing tennis balls. Um, he looks like the <laughs> he looks like Matt Patricia right now. How you know how close is he to being in shape? I don't know. Uh, I've talked to some friends in Pitt, Pittsburgh who says well that's kind of Ben's quote unquote off season program. Um, you know I think the Browns are in good shape. I think you know certainly the the offensive skill position. You know you, you, certainly with the Conklin signing, uh, you're set at center. You're set at left guard. You can get the tackle. Everyone's mocking different tackles to the Browns. Um, I last mocked Beckton from Louisville, who 367 pounds, yeah, but he's run that outside zone sort of pistol offense. He's done that before. So they can, they can do a lot. You know, they did some really smart things in free agency. No major moves, but really good complementary, as I said before, complementary schematic things, pieces, that go well with what their head coach wants to do. And I think that's, again, the difference you see maybe this year and last year. Last year it was like, okay, we have this great offensive play designer in Freddie Kitchens, so let's get a bunch of guys who have talent. And as you guys know, it really isn't about that. It's about getting the, be the players that best fit what your coaches want to do. Otherwise, 
people are kind of running around randomly and it never gets done. You're exactly right about that. You're talking about the Steelers, and you mentioned also we've also talked a little bit about the Bucks and Jameis and, and our big fear. This is Bo and I's fear. Bo and I, I think, yep. are higher on Jameis Winston than maybe anybody in the world is that Jameis finds his way to the Steelers. Number one, are you as surprised as we are that he is not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? I realize he threw a lot of interceptions, but given some of the names, it will be. And what do you kind of make of what's going on with Jameis Winston right now? I think, you know, I I remember doing tape on him when he came out of Florida State, and I was wondering, like, can he – it's what I call the rogue gene. <laughs> it's it's right. that, that, that thing in the quarterback's head that, you know, I can throw a strawberry through a battleship. I can make this throw. Other guys can't make this throw, but I can. Um, and I thought with, you know, if anyone can cure him of this, because Bruce Arians is very, very good at accentuating the aggressive parts of a quarterback's DNA and eliminating the mistakes. And I yep. thought if Bruce Arians can't get through to this guy, I sort of wonder who can. Um, I've talked to people who know more about quarterbacks than I do about Jameis in the last couple of weeks, and the consensus answer I get is that's just kind of who he is. Yep. You know? And when you come to a run, around to can he be fixed i don't know i think um you've got two guys in Jameis and cam newton who i think are going to have to hope in 2020 that they can take the, the ryan Tannehill route and beat out a non-spectacular starter and become a starting quarterback again and get the contract as, as Tannehill did and he earned it um but i think with with Jameis because of his on-field performance and Newton because of his injuries, um, those are those are two guys who are going to have to do prove it deals, and then they're going to have to prove it. Isn't that amazing? I mean, two wow. guys number one overall. Damn. Cam was the MVP yeah. in fifteen and was really good in seventeen and start of eighteen before he got hurt. He says he's healthy now, and he's not even going to be able to compete for a starting job. I mean, it seems hard to wrap your head around, Doug. I did a piece on Newton three or four days ago. Um, the 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 concept was if you think Cam Newton's done you're wrong which I believe is true. Yeah. Um, he had Dang. two completions over 40 yards in his final game in 2019 against the Buccaneers. Both were all air yards. Um, he had thrown interceptions in seven straight games before that, but outside of one game against the Buccaneers where he threw four, he had only thrown one in each game. Um, this is a guy who was in the top seven or eight in every statistical category in the first 12 weeks of the 2018 season before he right. got hurt. So, you know, with Cam, I really don't think it has anything to do with what's on the field. If he's healthy, he's a starter. He's a top 16 quarterback in the league. Yeah. With, with Jameis, I mean, let's say you're a, the general manager of a team with decent targets an okay offensive line, and you're thinking to yourself, my goodness, if this guy threw 33 picks with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Brashad Perriman somehow coming out of nowhere to be a great contested catch receiver in the last month of the season, and O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, and he can't figure it out with maybe the best group of targets in the NFL, and he comes to my team, and my team, my receivers are maybe 80% as good as those guys, what am I, you know, what am I in for? Yeah. So with Jameis, it's not just the the unpredictability and the number of interceptions. It's that he did that with such a remarkable group of receivers. 
And I think if you're a smart GM, you're sort of handicapping where your receivers are at this point. And you're probably saying to yourself, I'm not sure if I want that on my stage. I, I, Doug, I would be very, very hesitant. We're on an Doug, this was boat. great. This was great, man. Thanks for your time, pal. Absolutely. All right, that was good. Always good talking to Doug. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe, maybe we were wrong on James. <laughs> we were two, the, we're two dopes hanging out trying to make something we're not. I don't know. It could be. I don't know. We've got a uh, we've got another mock mock draft. I was thinking like, if I'm the Bengals, like this is what I'm thinking in my head. If I'm the Bengals, I do the Godfather offer with the Dolphins. Give me five, eighteen, and a two. You can move up to one to take Burrow. I'll, I'll take Jameis, and then let's I'll take go. Isaiah Simmons, and I'll take Rugs, and let let's go. Yeah, same. I mean, that was my thinking. No, so maybe I'm an idiot. Could be. That's why, that's why we're doing this and not running a team, my friend. Maybe. Apparently. What if we're right? Though? What if we're I think, right? Though? I think we could be right. There's going to be so much tape to support us. <laughs> I know. It. We'll get to, we'll do. We got a little mock draft to go through, and then a little higher or lower, better or worse, with giving. Worse. Or, what a okay, real he, treat. He threatened we'll me. that as well. He threatened me yesterday. Let it be known that if I deviated Threat. from Threats. higher or lower, that it would be called dead or deader. Which jeez. Which really. He's like I mean, Joe Exotic. In light, I was going to say, in light of what's going on in Tiger King and in Ozarks at the end of Ozark. I mean, that's yeah. a, those, those are those are serious words. Come on, the Ibs boys getting, getting the diced boys. up. Yeah, be careful. I mean, they've they excommunicated me, and so now maybe I'm just expendable in their eyes. I don't know. <laughs> you might be. Much more to come. CBD eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back into CBD on a Friday edition of the program. Another mock draft to look at. This one from Chad Ryder of NFL.com. Again, the familiar, although his is a, there's a lot of changes here. He's got a four-round mock here, Z, with Burrow going number one overall. He's got Tua going number two to the Redskins, which I, there was some of that at the Combine. I just don't see it. Um, If anything, I could see Rivera bringing in Cam and going that way. I, I don't. I, I don't see that. Chase Young, three to the Lions. Justin Herbert, four to the Dolphins. Having to trade up one spot with the Giants to ensure that they get their quarterback at number four. Uh, Werfs, five to the Giants. Becton, six to the Chargers. Akuda, seven to the Panthers. Ruggs, eight to the – this one's totally different. Kinlaw, nine to the Jaguars. And us with Andrew Thomas, who is – that's fine. Fantastic. The Great. name you did not hear was uh, Dosunos. Isaiah Simmons, yeah, not. At 11. 11 to us, yeah. At uh, Atlanta – I believe that yeah. if he is there, I don't you think we take him? Yes. Yep. I would sure hope I so. Anyway, I would think so. I would think so. That that if some I, again, I don't think he'll be there. I think this is kind of a bonkers mock. I was going to see what he where he had us going um, in the second round with our pick because I know you guys have been leaning. He has us going offensive guard Damian Lewis. I don't think I don't see that at all. I don't see that at all either. And if as I look through who is around us in the second round that would make sense to me for the Cleveland Browns. Um, he's got, you know, some of the people that I know a lot of people are into, Zach Bond, he goes 33. Terrell Lewis, who is the guy that was selected by Gribbs in the mock draft 2.0 for the BPA, he has him going one pick right before us. Um, then you've got, these guys are names that I think are interesting. Grant Delpit uh, at 43 to the Bears. A.J. Apensa, the edge, 46 to wow. Denver. 
So um, those are some guys that I would get. Bradley Anai from Utah, uh, another edge, 49 to the Steelers. Those are the guys that I would be looking at. Um, it's interesting that some of the people in this, like Trevon Diggs goes in the first round in a lot of these drafts. He has him at 62. Um, Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver out of Arizona State, goes in the first round. Leads a lot of these drafts. He has him at 57. So, yeah, this is when you say it's it's an interesting one. It most certainly is. I do not see the Browns taking a, go- a going tackle guard. Nope, don't see no. it. Don't see it at all. You're not taking guard. I don't see that at all. There's no way you're taking a guard. I don't think you're taking a guard. Period. And if you're on, if you're drafting at that spot, and Grant Delpit's on the board, and AJ Epinenz is on the board out of yep. he's a beast. Epinenz is yep. a beast at Iowa uh, on the defensive end. There's no. I just can't see. If, that would be a gift of all gifts. If you could go Thomas Epineza at one in first and second round. Yeah, yes, that would be a huge. Well, then that's what you know. That's what both Gribbs and I have in our mocks as the Browns go in with a, a tackle, and then obviously going edge, coming back after that. He has them then in the third round. Browns taking Willie Gay, linebacker, Mississippi State, and then with their other third round pick, Brandon Jones, a safety out of Texas. So the, I've seen. I'm more familiar with the Texas kid than I am the Mississippi State kid. Uh, the, one other thing I want to run by you: if this were the case and Simmons were there at 11, based on his draft, you take Simmons at 10 and you get Ezra Cleveland, Ezra Cleveland in, in the second, the second round. round. Yeah, of course. A tackle. That's how you do that. If 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 he's going off of that, what's he have us doing? Let me let's pull up the four, see where he has us going in the fourth round here. Um, I'm just more mostly I'm just interested in like the position. So he has going D tackle Jordan Elliott in the fourth round. Ah, so an interior okay. defense alignment again. These are these would all be very what I would consider incredibly surprising uh, moves if you ask me. Uh, after the you, first round, I would concur. After the first round, this is not what I'm expecting do you concur doctor yeah i can doctor i concur it is concurred yeah we'll do coming up lex we'll do a little uh higher or lower better or worse the return yes. of a gibby who cannot be shaken will no. not take Clydesdale. just powers through clydesdale's through it's incredible it's like earl campbell with the tearaway jersey he will not be stopped we get to that coming up next cbd 850 espn cleveland you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 7 a.m. waking up in the morning. Gotta be fresh. Gotta go downstairs. Gotta have my bowl. Gotta have some. What is this? Soak this. Uh, what is this? Yeah, what the hell is this? This is one of the great songs of all time. And it's apropos. On what this is this? Day. This is Friday by Rebecca. Like this is one of this is when stuff before stuff going viral was a thing. This went viral. This is the original go viral moment in American history. Rebecca Black. If this Friday, is it. Friday. Yep. Friday. Friday. Get down on Friday. Everybody's looking for wow. weekend. Weekend. Friday. It's terrible. Friday. Get down. Is that why? Friday. So it's bad. That's bad. That's why it went. It was so bad. It was good. Wow. Partying, partying, yeah. I'm glad I missed this. Partying, yeah. fun, 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 Look at how you fun. know it. Looking forward to the weekend. These plays every Friday. This is a great song. Are you kidding me? What what better way to bring in Friday the, the day than with a song about the day? If somebody had the genius to make a song called Wednesday, maybe we'd take a look at it too. But this is what we're dealing with now. <laughs> this is what we're dealing with now. That's amazing. Yeah, this is good stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. This is good stuff. 
What an incredible win. Um, oh. All right, so so Gibbe, Gibbe is back uh, for his favorite game and your favorite game, the great game of higher or lower, better or worse. Go Gibbe. Rattle him. Greetings and <laughs> salutations, Gibbe. gentlemen. Yes, hello, Gibbe. This is his six minutes of work a day right here. There it is. Go ahead, Gibbe. <laughs> you know I'm live on the phone right now, right? Gibbe, the Clydesdale is no more. You Gibbe. shouldn't have done that. You should, Gibbe, you, you should have just pulled, powered through. You powered have through like through. you have been. You've been live I, on the like you have been. time. You've always been live, but you've just been like a Clydesdale, so focused that our comments could not deter you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, uh-huh. Now you're susceptible. I, I just, I, I, just I, I knew I was going to have to make a comment when I when I heard Zagura singing. Oh, and that's, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, Bo, that's, that's why correct. we played that song every Friday. Because I, I swear to God, saying, I was completely unaware of it, buddy. I'd never heard it. Is, I was com- completely unaware of that song. Well, you have to understand, you don't. You have boys. You're a very lucky man. We have yeah, girls. Okay. I see. And the girls, they know the Rebecca Black Friday song. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's Trust incredible. Me, you, you're not missing anything. You, you did okay. win on this, ultimately, but... <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great Absolutely. how are we doing guys dude it's good to hear you give it, a, it's been what an absolute you know, treat yeah i think get, z and i were talking that uh what we were talking about this in the break like one of the things that's really hard uh there's a million things that are really hard but one thing that sucks about this is uh you know the, all of the jocularity that we have before the show during the show in the breaks of the show like all of that has been neutered you know, yes. where you, you know, we don't have those things and those moments. And, you know, th- these are first world problems compared to everything else that's going on. But you miss that stuff, you know? Yeah. I the, totally the agree with you. The homies. All we get now are sporadic texts from Gibbs that is responding to a text from like four hours prior because his phone's not receiving our group chats on time. And then we're like, huh, what? What does that mean? Yeah, I need live and in not, person. Still not sure what happened that day. <laughs> I still need live and in person Gibby. I need him to look at me and make his faces and dance. We need dancing Gibby. We need all of this. Dancing uh, Gibby coming up the stairs with pure uh, joy. Yes. All of it's lost, Gibbs. It's, it's oh, just sad. Uh, I sad know. Deal. Well, good news. We can send you out into the weekend with a little what we'd like to call higher or lower. Oh. If oh, you're interested in something like Higher that. or lower. Yes. Uh, ha, ha. yes. Uh, the, the power rankings never die, even in the offseason. Compliments of our good friend Dan Hansis at NFL.com. Uh, the newest power rankings a week into free agency. First and foremost, the Browns are ranked 19th. Should they be higher or lower? Remind me what higher means. Higher is closer <laughs> to number one. Lower is closer to number 32. What a dynamite drop in from Z. <laughs> Remind me what higher is to hit him with so, that. So On his even, return to hitting with that, that's amazing. So that's even though two, we would all agree, is a lower number yeah. than 19, if I yeah. want to say that they should be two, higher I have to say higher than 19. <laughs> He's not going to come down. If this only I could come through the phone right now, Zagura. Only I can come through the phone. <laughs> Never engage in a battle of wits with a Sicilian when death is on the line, Gibbe. <laughs> um, I, I would say, I would say, based on the rules of the game, that 
I would go. I would go. It's really close. And I, I hate being this off season. I hate being in the position of saying, you know, we need to be, you know, we need to be higher than we are. Like we're we're going into a season where we have to earn everything. Um, I really like the Falcon. I mean, the Falcons at eighteen. I'm curious a little bit what the Rams look like at 17, but I, I'm not in a position to put us ahead of them. So if I look at the teams behind us, Raiders, Bears, Cards, Chargers, um, I, I, th I guess probably it would be, make more sense for us to be ranked lower than higher at this point based on the fact that we have to prove a lot of things. I think it's about right. I think if you look on, on paper, on paper, we should be – we should be higher, closer to number one. However, we know what we were on paper last year and what the reality of that was. So I'm going to take a page out of Gibby's playbook and say, you know, we're like the show me state. You got to show me something. You got to show us yeah. that you belong higher than 19, even though it's a lower number. I hate you. I love you, Gibby. No, so no, not recit, not, not, no. Not reciprocal? Yeah, thank you. Couldn't think of the word. You're welcome. It's all right. All right. It happens. It's I guarantee Friday. you the handsome Gibby that we the, the handsome Gibby we saw us floating around the internet last night would have had reciprocal at the ready. Oh, oh I was God. burning Christmas trees. You guys like that picture of me nuking that, that picture? Thing? Okay. So you've been sitting on this for that long? For three months, no, Gibby? Yeah. Oh yeah. I wait till the proper time. And then I'm like, you know what? I need a little pick me up. March had a few beers. I take it out there. Yep. I, how high, oh, I wait. At the peak, at the peak of the flame, how high was it? Uh probably a good twenty-five feet in the air. Wow. Yeah. yeah and you go. could feel the flame. It, it's a good, probably thirty yards from my house to the fire pit. You could feel it right outside my back door. Jeez. And I just laughed yeah. and drank beer and threw some more stuff on it as it as it burned. Fantastic. It really was. It's yeah, so good. That had to be a real spectacle. Do you have more? Do you have more pictures than just the one you shared? Uh, I have a little video action. Yeah. That's what I want. Yes. That's what I, wanted. I was oh, hoping. Videos. I know you're a green. I know you're a green, Gibbe. But I was hoping for a live video so that I could watch. You know, get some action myself. But I'll take a, a real video. I, I, I will. I will work on sending that over to you guys. It was quite yeah. impressive, though. If you're a blue, it'd be real easy. Just be like, boop, boop, and there it goes right to us. Delivered. Great. Nah. <laughs> it's never that easy. Uh, any reason why Kansas City and San Francisco shouldn't be one and two in the power rankings? Can you make an argument that either one shouldn't be? So this is like how you project versus, you know, versus what where what, what what they were when you last saw them. Um, I, I, Kansas City hasn't done anything to not be number one. I think the more interesting thing is, can you make an argument that the 49ers won't be number two? They were the better team for most of the Super Bowl. Um, they they you know they haven't had the draft yet. They're going to get a great receiver. So in that yep. case, in terms of where they are right now, they don't have Emmanuel Sanders, so that's a loss. But they will get a, like right now the Saints are maybe would be better or something like that. But I think you're kind of grasping at straws at this point. Uh, I think they're appropriately ranked at two. I would agree. I think that the top four are clearly the top four: Chiefs, Niners, Ravens, and Saints at this moment. 
Um, but you could make the case, I think, for the Ravens or the or the Saints over the Niners at this moment. But you're right. I mean, other than the final five minutes of that Super Bowl, the Niners would be sitting here Super Bowl champs. They still have Kyle. Yeah. They still have George Kittle. They've got a tremendous defensive front. They're going to bring in a premier talent, which will no doubt be an upgrade over Emmanuel Sanders. No disrespect to him because mm-hmm. he played great for them, and that was a great move by John Lynch. But now trading Buckner, they're going to be able to get a, a receiver at 13 that's an absolute stud and also get a very good defensive tackle at the end of the first draft to replace DeForest Buckner. So I think they're in a great spot. I, obviously, the Ravens added Calais Campbell. That seems like a pretty good addition as far as I'm concerned. And then, you know, the Saints, they get Drew Brees back. Um, they have a very talented offense. They have a very talented defense. They add Emmanuel Sanders, whom you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great pairing with Michael Thomas. They've got Kamara still. You know, it's just they're they're good. That's a very, very good team. Um, yeah, I, I think that they are pretty, pretty solid. That top four to me, though, is right now. That's that's the class, but it's the NFL, and every year somebody's going to jump up and, and and make a move. And I think, you know, had the Packers been a team to go out and, and maybe make be a little more aggressive this offseason, I would have thought they would be. Uh, they're another team that's right there in my book. I never count out Russ, uh, but it's going to be an interesting season. That's why we hope we get to see it. I mean, Arizona – if Kyler Murray takes a big leap in year two, there's no reason why with the talent that they now have on the offensive side of the ball that Arizona can't be a team that makes one of those runs out of nowhere. I mean, the NFC West is going to be absolutely loaded. Loaded. The NFC West and South uh, are both bonkers. Bonkers. I mean, they're just and right, bonkers. the Bucks. you got to give the Bucks a little bit of consideration here. Yeah. I mean, your boy over there, your boy, uh, your other Ibs boy over there, He's saying the Bucks have no chance to make the playoffs there. Ooh, yeah. Boy, that's going to be an old take exposed. Or it's going to be genius, <laughs> but I'm guessing probably, yeah. I can't see a scenario. I, I, I believe that there was, uh, there was some food wagered on that. I yeah, feel like Taco Bell been eating Taco Bell for weeks. Once, yeah, once we're able to go out and get it again. Giving. It'll be great. Man. Yeah. All right, next, Fontana. Higher or lower? The Baltimore Ravens are ranked third. Should they be higher or lower? The Saints come in at number four, by the way. No, they're right where they need to be. I don't move them at all. I can't put them ahead of the 49ers based on what I saw from the 49ers in the Super Bowl and based on what I know that the 49ers are going to do with that pick that got from Indy. Uh, we kind of went over what the 49ers have done. The Ravens are really good. And the has Campbell to it. I'm glad Brockers isn't there. I mean, that's a win for them that, that they get, they get uh, you know, that, that – makes it a little easier to deal with um but but i think they are comfortable to me they're ahead of the saints they're ahead of the packers the teams behind them i think you know if you go down and look at something like for example like the titans i don't know how if that's something that's going to run back um but but no i think i think the the ravens are very clearly the the number three team I think they're three. Like I said, I said four. I think they're three or four or two. You know, that that top four is in its own echelon to me. And as long as they're included in that group, I'm fine with where they're at. Next. Higher or lower? The Tennessee Titans come in at number six. The Packers are five. The Seahawks are seven. Should the Titans be higher or lower, gentlemen? Go ahead, Z. Ain't no Tannehill high enough, baby. 
right there at no. number six. Oh boy, man, talk about my crystal ball not at the cleaners at that time. I was on that right from the get-go, and boy, am I proud of that one. But I'll tell you, I don't know that we're going to see a repeat of that magic. And so I'm gonna, I would put, I would take right now if I was betting futures, give me the Seahawks over them, give me the Eagles over them, give me the Buccaneers over them, give me the Vikings over them, give me, I heck, I even give me the Colts over them. So I'm gonna say yeah. lower. I think. Yeah, I, I, to me, I don't know if it's going to be quite the the complete meltdown like what happened um, in uh, in Jacksonville after they got to the AFC Championship game. I'm not suggesting it's going to be something quite that dramatic, but I do think a big fall. Uh, we took their right tackle too, so um, no, I, I definitely think that they're that they are ranked that I would rank them lower, much much lower, not sixth. Next, higher or lower, the Buffalo Bills. Come in at number eight. Obviously, I said the Seahawks are seven. The Eagles are ninth. Bo, we'll start with you. Should the Bills be higher or lower? So they're they're probably going to win that division, but that doesn't mean that they're the eighth best team in football. Um, I've got them behind. I'd have them behind Philly. I would ha- if if Roethlisberger's healthy. I would have them behind the Steelers. Um, I would have them behind the Cowboys. I'd have them behind the Bucks. I'd have them behind the Colts. I'd have them behind the Vikings. I'd have them down near where we're kind of the. Texans Patriots world 15 16 something like that yes same Eagles are definitely they have to be lower they have to be lower there are other teams that I like better I love the addition of Stefan Diggs for them I really do I think that's a great one but at the end of the day I think that we're talking about a team here that is not going to finish it will not they will not be a top 10 team at the end of this season I feel pretty confident and they could and they could win the division I mean they might win that division they got good culture. They got a great defense. They got a, a quarterback who, you know, it's unique, but he's a he's a playmaker. And then you add Diggs, they're probably going to win that division because that division's really down uh, even more than what it's been the last two decades, and it's been a down division for much of it. But I, they're not one of the ten best teams in football. I can't get there. I can't get there either. No, they are not. All right. Next, Fontana, we'll go a little rapid. Higher or lower? The Pittsburgh Steelers, here's your head-scratcher of the day, ranked 10th. In the power pole, should they be higher or lower? Based on what we know right now, they have to be lower because we just don't know about Roethlisberger and hope you know they don't have Winston yet. If they get him, then that you know that would give insurance. But we've seen the other two quarterbacks if Roethlisberger's not healthy. Well, they're going to end. I have a feeling if that's the way that it goes, they're going to end up with somebody somebody crazy. I mean, I just. Their defense, we know, is spectacular, right? I mean, the fact that they almost made the playoffs last year with that defense and you right. say, okay, now you, you get a quarterback, whether it's Big Ben, and if he's t- totally done, don't they end up with Jameis or Cam Newton? I mean, they're oh, not going to I don't even want to have that totally conversation. I, I'm not so, ready for that conversation. If he's done and they sign Cam, no, I don't I don't want that. I have no I don't interest. want to ha- – no, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying no. I believe that that is no, where – that's where they're headed. So – Sure. Top 10 is probably okay with them. That being said, until I see it, I would put them behind the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, and the Vikings, so they would be lower. But this is a top half of the league team and a chance to, you know, if if they really are back on offense and that defense continues anywhere kind of where it was, they're going to be... They're going to be a force. Our division, I'll tell you what, our division, Cincinnati, is not going to be a joke. They remade that defense. You get A.J. Green back. You get last year's first-round pick. You add Joe Burrow. And the first pick of the second round. The Bengals Buddy, are I, I, they are going to be good. Our division is I, going to be tough. Did you, did you hear that? They spent $128 million in free agency the previous five years, $50 million combined. 
wow that I, I that I had not seen that that yeah. fact of it but it, yeah. that's what it felt like and like I said three new guys in the secondary we just heard Doug Farr talk about how good they're going to be up front now with the, the addition uh, at defensive tackle linebackers still a little bit of a question and they tried to address I mean they went aggressively after Joe Schobert but offensively you're talking about Joe Burrow you're talking about Joe Mixon AJ Green Boyd this is a talented talented group yeah. Ross uh, their line's going to be much better than it was in the past so they're going to they're no no joke at all we've got the reigning MVP you've got the Steelers going to be good we're good I mean I think you have it's a, a chance tough, to tough have us to be you know Certainly, uh, maybe the third best overall top to bottom division in the NFL behind the NFC West and behind the NFC South. We might be the best division in the AFC because I don't think it'll be the South. I don't think it, I know it won't be the East. So the other division that it potentially could be, you know, is the AFC West. But I don't think top to bottom that division's there. Yes, you're going to have the Chiefs. I mean, the other division that jumps to mind immediately that's going to be really good is the NFC North. In that, but yeah. you know that Green Bay is going to be good. You think the Vikings are going to be good? Chicago should be good, um, but you don't know again with their quarterback situation. And then you've got the Lions. I mean, really, the yeah. NFC, the AFC North is the third best division right now today on paper in the NFL, assuming Joe and Burrow. I think it's to the, the most interesting too. When you add Burrow into it, it's the most interesting too. Just a lot of headlines, headline makers yeah. in the division. All right, gentlemen, I have to go. It's break time, and you need to come back and wrap up the show. Give it. And he just did it professionally. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Emmy Award-winning series Building the Browns returns Sunday, April 5th, 11 a.m. on News 5. Check out behind-the-scenes footage from GM Andrew Barry and head coach Kevin Spancy's first days on the job, along with everything that goes into the NFL comp. I look forward to this. It's going to be fantastic. It's uh, it's this Sunday at 11 a.m. Uh, Z, have a fantastic weekend, buddy. I know that I hope that you will, and um, and and we'll reconvene. Well, by that point, we'll have Tiger King guy. We'll have probably everybody has watched all of that by Monday, and we'll be probably be into Ozarks a little bit as well, my friend. Well, yeah, we'll be into Ozarks. Enjoy your uh, last weekend of this current year. We'll celebrate Miss K today. Celebrate you on Monday, and uh, enjoy the weekend, my friends. You do the same. The next level is next. We're back Monday. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.